Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Well, the Sox lost to the Phillies again Wednesday night, and it's tough not to go all Michael Scott from the office on you off the top. It feels like somebody took my heart and dropped it into a bucket of boiling tears. And at the same time, somebody else is hitting my soul in the crotch with a frozen sledgehammer. And then a third guy walks in and starts punching me in the grief bone. And I'm crying, and nobody can hear me because I'm terribly, terribly alone. All right, I know it's not that bad, but the Sox are seven games out now with five and a half weeks left, and they have to pass two little engines that could, the A's and the Rays. So... Let's dry our tears and console each other so we're not terribly, terribly alone. This is Sox Daily. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's where you're going to find out what the Sox are doing. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. Oh, it's your Daily Sox Podcast. And here's your host. I guess the irony had to hit you right in the chest Wednesday night. The opposing pitcher was named Smiley, as in happy, happy, joy, joy. Isn't everything great? Vertical smiles are currently the coin of the realm as the Sox are falling ass backwards right out of this wild card picture. That's uh, not a fun thing to report. Josh Lewin with you. The juxtaposition of uninspiring baseball against the backdrop of incredibly uplifting events for the Jimmy Fund. Kind of amazing, kind of weird on Wednesday. Because before the game, even during the game, the, the money raised, the spirits raised. So much to make you feel so good about being a New Englander and supporting this incredible cause. More than $3 million raised this week during the annual telethon. And it really does make your heart sing. And, and to, to bathe in all of that while also having to wallow in mediocre baseball. Just not a lot of fun. Speaking of juxtapositions, some of you might know I was with the Mets the last seven years and it looked at the beginning of this season like, hey, that's no big deal. It's not going to be a great year for the Mets. And hey, I'm, I'm joining a team that just won a World Series last year in 108 regular season games, so I win. But uh, look at what's going on here. The Mets, like the Red Sox, are also six games above 500 right now. Mets fans are beside themselves with thankfulness and wonder and joy. Another improbable walk-off win for them Wednesday and the sense of an overachieving miracle season at hand. They did it against Brad Hand of Cleveland Wednesday night. So here are Sox fans seeing the exact same record, six games over 500, and it, it makes Red Sox fans kind of ill. It is very weird to see how the, the same record can be perceived so differently in two different quarters. With the uh, 5-2 loss Wednesday night, the Sox did miss the chance to gain on the Indians. They fell another game behind Tampa Bay, which rallied for two in the ninth to beat Sad Sack Seattle. They got a game-tying Kevin Kiermeyer homer, then eventually they won it on a walk-off wild pitch. The Sox in the ninth Wednesday night, well, they balked an insurance run in a scoring position in the top of the inning, 
They went down one, two, three in the bottom. And the Sox are 10 and 45 now when scoring four runs or fewer. That's a very telling statistic. The, the top three teams in the American League, when they score four or fewer, are the Astros. They've managed to win 26 times in that situation. Again, the Red Sox, 10. Yankees have won 18 of those, Tampa Bay, 22 of those. The Red Sox are 10 and 45. I thought the, the Boston Herald's Jason Master Donato uh, kind of encoded something in the story that he wrote on Wednesday morning. And I wanted to bring this to your attention if you didn't see it. The Red Sox are second in the majors in total offense, but the telling piece of that, they've got this whopping 960 OPS when one team is winning by four runs or more. If it's four runs or fewer, though, that OPS is 810. That is a huge difference. It's like they lead the league in meaningless runs. If they're up four, they keep getting more. If they're down four, they can't get any. So if you do the math on this, the Red Sox are about 19% worse in games that are tight. Across the league, most teams are only about 4% worse in tight games. So that's why you look at that being second in offense, and it feels like empty calories, doesn't it? That's the first time I've seen that kind of explained well, and I, I credit Jason Master Donato for that. So the Red Sox, for a second straight night, had innings with a runner at second, nobody out and couldn't score. They, they had a really frustrating inning late. They had second and third, two runs down at the time, two out. And Alex Cora, who, of course, was Mr. Magic Touch last year, he summoned struggling no-name Chris Owings for the biggest at bat of the night. Didn't want the lefty Brock Holt against the Phillies left-handed reliever Jose Alvarez. I'm just playing devil's advocate here, but Holt, as you know, plays with passion and always seems to find the way. He had been the host with the most the last 48 hours as Mr. Jimmy Fun Telethon. If it's me, I ride the wave of Holt's want to. Let him hit against the lefty. Owings against lefties this year in the big leagues has struck out in more than half of his at-bats. So, you know, trying to channel that Brandon Phillips moment from last year, you know, the second baseman you pick up, and oh my God, he did what? It just didn't happen. He, he did strike out to waste the big opportunity. Owings now one for 13 in Boston, nine of those 12 outs being strike three. Anyway, before all that, the Sox did have a 2 nothing lead through two, but they missed their shot to step on Smiley's neck and break him. All they got was one run in the first. They got a JBJ home run in the second, his fourth home run in seven games, by the way. But then Porcello gave up a three-spot in the fourth inning. He messed around with the bottom of the order and paid for it because eventually Bryce Harper took him deep, two-run home run. Bottom of the inning, there's one of those two-on-nobody-out deals. They have Vasquez sacrifice. Marco Hernandez walks, which is a rarity to put it mildly. But then JBJ strikes out. Mookie Betts grounds out, so it stays 3-2. to two. Should mention, going back here, the first inning run was prompted by another Devers double. Carved it off the monster, kind of reminding you of... Uh, Adrian Gonzalez eight years ago, or Wade Boggs 28 years ago. So you can make it 47 Devers doubles to go with his 27 home runs. No team in big league history has ever had two players with 30 homers, 50 doubles in a season. Looks like the Sox will make that happen because Devers is close, and so is Andrew Bogarts. It's hard to hate on the bullpen because into Wednesday, it had been 23 innings. Uh, Their last 23 innings, they had allowed a 138 batting average. But the bullpen did wobble a little bit. They, they let it get from 3-2 to two to 5-2. to two. And Andrew Kashner was part of that. He had been actually very good in relief until Wednesday night. But the issue continues to be the rotation. It's been the case all year. You've got Sale, Evaldi, and Price are going to make an aggregate $80 million each of the next three seasons. And as of right now, two of those guys are on the injured list. 
The other one has a 6.69 ERA in 36 innings. Porcello was a Cy Young Award winner, and now in 2019, he's 11-10, ERA of 5.4. He's allowed the most runs in the entire American League. Starters ERA for August for Boston, 6.5. That's 29th in the majors. The whip is 1.6. That is 30th of 30 in the majors. And all that run support for Porcello earlier this summer, it dried up on Wednesday night. Uh, gone was certainly that five-game stretch where he got the 13, 10, 10, 17, and 19. But, yeah, two runs off Drew Smiley. And sorry, gang, you're the number two run-producing team in the entire sport. You're at home. you got the swell of good vibes from the Jimmy Fun Telethon carrying your spirit. And you can't beat the 2-7 the and seven ERA of 7.02 Drew Smiley who'd given up 15 runs in his previous 15 innings. It, it's just not a good look. Alex Cora knows that, and he met the media after the game. Yeah, it, it wasn't a great night. Um, the funny thing is that we had a chance to win the game, you know, and um, we can't have like nights like that uh, as a team, you know. Um, it's one of those that started off good, and, you know, we left the bases loaded. Can like the, the game change right away. They... They did the double, I think it was, Hernandez, and the wild, the wild pitch, the throw the third, and it just kept going, you know. Um, and Rick made some good pitches of Harper, and then left that, uh, I think it was a backdoor slider, and he hit out of the ballpark. But, yeah, we, we can't afford those, you know. It's, 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 it's a tough one to swallow, obviously, you know, knowing where we're at. But um, now we have to turn the page quick and be ready for tomorrow. Um, actually, me and Timmy, we were just talking about that, and it seems like we we have expanded the zone a little bit. Um, you know, we usually we hunt pitches in the middle of the zone, and, and when they're there, we you know we do damage with it, and we stay away from the edges. And uh, it seems like you know, we the last what 15 days, it seems like we're doing that. Um, you know, we go over reports and everything we prepare the same way we've been doing it for for a year and a half or and right now it, it seems like we're we're one of those routes right now that uh first of all we don't we're not putting the ball in play in, in certain situations and uh you know early in counts when we have pitches to hit and then you know we we get in that hole with two strikes and you know, that's tough to do you know so um i don't know it's one of those that we we should be better than what we're doing right now no, he was more. He was for uh, not for Harper. Um, Dick, uh, Dickinson, yeah. I mean, um, where we at and knowing what we have tomorrow, knowing that probably we were going to be aggressive today, and he was throwing the ball well. You know, it was just you know, one bad pitch with two strikes. But uh, yeah, it was more about the next guy. Well, I, I don't know. I, I think um, today was just not good baseball, you know. Uh, but overall, it's, it's been what we've been throughout the season. Um, you know, the up and downs, being inconsistent. And, um, you know, I've been saying all along, you know, for us to get to that you know, a uh, streak that we've been talking about from the get-go, we, we have to be more consistent. You know, we got hot for five days, whatever, 
And then yesterday was a good game overall. But today, you know, we, we made some mistakes. And with teams like that, can't do that. All right, there is the manager. Twelfth uh, time this month that the Sox have been held to four runs or fewer. They get just two runs against the Phillies back-to-back nights in the abbreviated two-game series. There'll be another two-gamer against the Phillies at their place in mid-September. It's beyond frustrating, I know. Uh, let's at least make you smile a little. If you listen to the broadcast on WEEI on Wednesday night, you heard seven-year-old cancer patient James Gold, who was the star of the night in the booth. He told all the, the dad jokes I've been wanting to tell on the podcast of late. My personal favorite, how do you make a tissue dance, he asked. You put a little boogie in it. Seven-year-old kid makes Joe Castig and Chris Berman laugh till they cry. That was the highlight of the night. So... Now the wacky resumption of suspended game thing against Kansas City from two weeks ago. That'll be a 1 o'clock tip, if you will, on Thursday with the reliever Josh Taylor facing Kansas City's Mabers Valoria up at the plate with a 2-1 and one count. Batting orders have to stay the same. Pitchers and players who've already been in the game can't return. Don't forget, kids are admitted free here and adults for just 5 bucks. So this could be a 10-minute afternoon for you with, with a walk-off or it could be 11 more innings of baseball. We, we just don't know. We do know that after the game, the Sox board a plane for San Diego, and the last West Coast road trip was to open the year, you might recall. They went 3-8 and eight on that, and that's what's put them in this got-to-win position here in August. Time is running out, I know, but if you beat the Royals, if you sweep the Padres, maybe we can all empty our buckets of boiling hot tears and start over. But for now, I, too, feel like my soul has been hit in the crotch. Trying to hang in there with you, and uh, hey, let, let's do this thing together. Let's just see where it goes, and uh, that's all I got for you. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to keep a, a stiff upper lip. This is Josh Lewin. Talk to you again, and uh, thanks so much for your, your downloading and your subscribing and telling people about the podcast. Really do appreciate that. Bye-bye.